0: Well, let's turn to 1 John. Last week we looked at the first part of this, verse 4, the scripture there, recognising the rebelliousness of sin. Tonight we're looking at recognising the reason for the incarnation of the Lord Jesus. We read in verse 4, Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law, for sin is a transgression of the law. And 5. And ye know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Down in verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil and so we're looking at the point here recognize the reasons for the incarnation verse 5 and verse 8 let's pray thank you lord that you did become a man took on the form of a man was made in the in the form that we have lord that you might bear our sins living having lived a perfect life and lord without this we cannot be saved without your offering Without your coming down and becoming one of us, Lord, to be our kinsman redeemer, we would be all lost. Thank you for this and pray that we might appreciate it more and that we'd abhor sin. Because in this portion it's saying if we continually, habitually sin, we're not one of yours. And I pray that as Christians we would turn away from the sight of it, Lord, the hearing of it and the doing of it. Ask your blessing and guidance in our study tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Recognize the reason for the incarnation of Christ to deal with sin. And man is a sinner by nature. We're born that way. We've got Adam's nature. He cannot, man cannot make himself spiritually acceptable to God, no matter what he does and what, what religion, religious practices he practices. He is destined to live by his old, fallen nature. How hard it must be for religious people to try to maintain that holiness, a manufactured holiness, a fleshly holiness, and there's no holiness about it because all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. He is doomed to utter helplessness without the Lord. But it's as it says in Scripture, But God, who is rich in mercy, sent his Son to redeem man from the penalty and provide victory over sin. In the book of Ephesians, where it talks about us being children of the devil, but now being saved, that's the past life, we're now children of God. for his, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love with Which he loved us, even when we're dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. He's raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And the the passage we know so well, for by grace are you saved through faith. So the reason for the incarnation christ coming down here is to save sinners paul said he came to save sinners of whom i am chief and we need to recognize that we have sinned and we can sin even as christians but we need to be saved from our sin okay he came to take away our sin as it says back in our passage in chapter 3 and verse 5 Ye you know that he was manifested to take away our sins Um, as you think through scripture this was predicted in the Old Testament it was foretold in the Old Testament it was exemplified there it was illustrated there so many things we can take from the Old Testament into the New and we know because of the news being written this is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ (laughs) last night the lecturer was he, he was going through Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament and they were all busily writing flat out and I had the notes and the answers in front of me they were supposed to fill in the blanks but the page they had was from another book right page but wrong content and they were frustrated by the time the end they, we didn't have any of that but it was comparing I, I, he went through 15, just 15 really rapid fire quickly, he could hardly write the verses down because they were supposed to be written in the book. But there's, what, hundreds and hundreds of these in the Old Testament. So it was predicted. Isaiah 53, it's just plain evident. And I think that portion was written particularly for the Jews of the church generation, wasn't it? So that they they come and stumble at the stumbling stone and they come to Christ and, no, it can't be, and they read that, and they read the likes of Psalm 22, 23, Twenty-four and the seed, the Messiah. They read other portions speaking of the Lord Jesus and His predicted coming, like Isaiah nine six, and they must shake their heads. Must you know when you know it's right, but you don't want to believe it's right, <laughs> and they they have that. Like Paul, just like Paul, it's hard to kick against the goats when he got saved that day, and it is. It is. It's hard for them to resist pray that they will so predicted the purpose in second corinthians five twenty one, <clears throat> it says there for he hath made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of god in him as he gives us his righteousness imputed to us and our sin is given to him he made the lord so this is the purpose for which he come and it spells it out very clearly In the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26, we read there, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once, in the end of the world, he hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this to judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation he once appeared that he might take upon himself our sins bear our sins as it says in that verse verse 28 Uh, in hebrews chapter 9 in chapter 10 of hebrews and verse 10 it says similar by which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of christ jesus once for all and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering often the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, the Lord Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down at the right hand of, of the Father, that, you know, of God. He, he's completed it. It took one. No more sacrifices. None more of, of those rituals that they go through. Praise the Lord. So he came. His purpose was to be offered as a sin sacrifice. Hebrews 4:15 for we have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. It's important to recognize that because if he had sin he couldn't die as a sacrifice for our sins. And so it was predicted. We see the purpose, and as John said, we're leaving from verse 5, and ye know that he was manifest to take away our sins. Um, We are perfected. We are purified through that offering once for all and made righteous and given his righteousness. As it said back in 1 John 2.29, for ye know that he is righteous. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. We're perfected. We do righteousness. And we stand in his presence as just as if we have never sinned. In the book of John, first John again, chapter three, verse three, where we have just been (laughs) purifieth himself, that is the Christian, even as he, the Lord Jesus, is pure. And verse five we're at, and verse seven of chapter three of First John, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. So He has perfected people who believe, fitted them for heaven, because he's taken our sins on himself. Um, He has also pardoned us, hasn't he? (laughs) Over in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55 and verse 7, a verse we remember, though the offering of the Lord hadn't taken place yet, it says there in Isaiah 55, 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for what will he do? He will abundantly, abundantly, I like that, pardon. Have you been abundantly pardoned by the Lord Jesus in Micah? Micah's not here tonight. (laughs) Um, What do I think? Micah chapter seven, verse eighteen and nineteen. last verses of the book of Micah, it says, "Who shall be like unto thee, or who is, who is a God like unto thee, who pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth, he delighteth in mercy. Praise be to the Lord that he pardons us. And um, he's separated our sins as far as the east is from the west. And in verse 19, as we just read, cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Well, we didn't read that far. That's verse 19. (laughs) He's cast all our sins. So in Psalm 103... 12 to 15 as far as the east is from the west no more to be remembered this is what John's saying in verse 5 you know that he was manifest to take away our sin no more remembrance of them no digging them up from the ocean (laughs) there's no grabbing them from the east or the west no they're gone and um, praise God for that there is a precaution that's given in the book of Hebrews so we see this His coming to take away away our sins was predicted. There's a purpose given there in Hebrews, as we noted. We are perfected, we are pardoned, and there's a precaution. Chapter 10 of Hebrews, verse 26 says, For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, There remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. And I think it's important to see we've received the knowledge. It's a head thing, an intellectual thing. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Anybody who knows and hears and is spoken to by the Holy Spirit is convicted of their sins and turns away from it. Here's a really important precaution in these verses. And... uh, he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer a punishment should suppose ye shall he be thought worthy of who hath trodden under foot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant with which he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done respite unto the Spirit of grace. Vengeance belongeth to me, he said. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. And for a Christian who knows they've been forgiven to go and particularly practice sin and constantly do you can't do that if you're a Christian there is dire consequences in that person's life in the book of 1 Corinthians 11 it warns there of partaking of the Lord's table examine yourselves and do introspection check that you're right with the Lord can you remember anything that you've offended God in Uh, and praise God that in verse 5 back there and you know that he was manifest to take away our sins but not only our sins back in 1 John 2 verse 2 he is a propitiation for our sins not for ours only but what the sins, the sins, of, the the sins of the whole world that's the possibility everybody could be saved there's power in the blood we're <laughs> power 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 who remembers Michael Fraser not, um, that was a long time ago when we were 46, 45 years ago he went to America from here he lived over there where in, in Lavington and uh, he's now a pastor there but I remember he used to be our song leader and he said how many powers can you fit in when you sing that that verse, the chorus power, 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 power but you had to say the whole word there is power in the blood (laughs) he could atone for sins of all the world in 1st Timothy 1st Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 it says this who will have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth the offering of Christ for the sins of people was for the sins of the whole world all men that's what he's intended is he'd love to see all people saved he desires that it's not God's will that any should perish that all should come to repentance as verse 6 of 1st Timothy 2 says who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time and I think those who believe a selected few that he is going to save will be red faced on judgment day preachers alike who preached that and uh, <clears throat> it's a uh, it's around isn't it second peter in second peter chapter two and verse one we read But there it's interesting to note this and uh, someone pointed it out the other day i don't know if it was one of the preachers in the evening but there as there were false prophets also among the people even as there also shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in now are these people saved you see what we just read false prophets among the people that should be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in they're not saved are they but notice what it says who shall bring in dandable heresies even denying the Lord that brought them their sins were paid for yeah and and, and they're lost (laughs) but God doesn't want them to be saved he's not willing that and bring upon themselves swift destruction. In Isaiah fifty three, verse six, you could look at that. So Christ came to take away our sin. In verse eight of first John chapter, chapter three, we, we read, He that committeth sin is of the devil. Looking at the next part, for the devil sinneth from the beginning, for this purpose, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Preventing the practice of sin is realising that at the incarnation and the offering, the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, it was for the purpose of saving sinners that we might be forgiven. We might be (laughs) fitted for heaven. Um, Christ came to destroy, it says, the works of the devil. And what is the works of the devil? (laughs) Well... He, what does he want to do? What is, he, what is his real work? To bring death. 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 <laughs> Only death. Not life. He won't give up. He knows his doom is sure. we sing that. Lo, his doom is sure. But he won't quit. He's as stubborn as stubborn. Proud as proud. Thinking he's going to win. Over in the book of Job... 38 and I was reading this the other day in verse 7 it says <clears throat> when and it talked in verse 6 about the foundation of the earth and God is telling Job where were you whereupon do you know the answer whereupon are its foundations fastened you know how do, <laughs> where do you anchor the world it's so heavy you think you'd need something to sit on it doesn't well who laid its cornerstone and notice next, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Mm. We have here all the sons and I believe of God, I believe that included Satan before he fell, shouting singing. Was shouting was it singing? Shouted. <laughs> shouted for joy at that time. We might say he was singing it on one occasion how many people have heard the truth and sort of gripped their heart and they got it and they they could sing and say things but they're no longer walking with the Lord they're gone like Satan understood it in their head but not changed heart and then we find him sinning and where do we find those two portions where Satan fell and it's recorded in the scriptures in two portions book of Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 14 well it says there in verse 14 the five I wills and the last two I wills ascend above the heights of the clouds I will be like the most high he's going to be taking over God's throne he thinks and Ezekiel 28 we won't go there but there from he has been trying to seduce the people of God to and unsaved people to what? sin he's the, the author of sin really until it says he was perfect in all his ways what till iniquity was found in him that's where it started in the heart of satan and he began sinning and and uh wanting to take god's throne i will in his pride and and he was deceived because of his beauty and and music that was within him That's a deadly thing to go off the trail but seducing in first timothy chapter 4 verse 1 now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits who, who's that? who are they from? from the devil it's not if it's not him it's one of his, his workers in chapter 2 verse 14 of 1st Timothy Adam was not deceived but the woman being deceived was in the transgression seducing them to do what God had forbidden partaking of that fruit and in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, it reads, But I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind shall be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. What is he doing? He's trying to seduce. He that committeth sin is of the devil, it says back in our text, for the devil sins from the beginning. Well, this purpose was the son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil is it happening you know we concluded last week by talking about being tied to a dead corpse have you found yourself being tied to a dead body this week the old man I mean the old man <laughs> you know and the, the longer you stay there the more you're likely to go rotten I mean physically it was a punishment as we said last week The Romans did it for people who murdered others. They tied them to the body of their victim, and of course, the person had died from murder, and the other person would die from being attached. I don't know if you can think of a worse sort of death than being thrown out in the sun, being tied to that dead body, and just slowly rotting. Not eating, not drinking, and you'd die of whatever. You'd die. And, and Christians who hang around sin, entertain it in their hearts and minds, are hanging on to the old dead body. You know, we, we're done with that. Put off. Put off those things. And the devil wants to seduce us to sin. He, he's working on us all the time. To For what purpose? What does he do when we have sinned? It is in Scripture. Yeah, he accuses us. He slanders us. Will, to keep the S's going, he slanders us before the Lord. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12. Revelation 12, there in verse 11. <clears throat> and overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. And, uh, who? Well, the first, verse 10, sorry. And I heard a, vo- a loud voice saying in, in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down who accused them before our God day and night. That's what he's trying to do. Call, one the, call, call that one your child as we're grappling onto the old man, you know, ha- hanging onto a dead co- corpse we've died to that we can't do that anymore But the, the devil likes to have a sin so that he can say look and the Lord Jesus says he's under my blood he's under the blood he's saved he's cleansed aren't you glad you've got an advocate in heaven Jesus Christ the righteous um, who did he slander that we know of in the Old Testament that he was yeah, the, in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of the book of Job, Job there, the sons of God were gathered before the Lord uh, the question was put to him, where have you been what have you been up to, oh, walking down up and down in the earth <laughs> to and fro and the second time, what have you been doing he have been doing the same thing and so what is he busy about doing tempting people to sin holding, he's blinded the minds of those that believe not keeping them there and for the Christian he's trying to get them to go back there and to hang on to the dead corpse corpse of the <clears throat> ah, praise God the Lord Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the devil and uh, manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil as it says there will it happen? Uh-huh. it will happen won't it? in the book of Revelation chapter 12 again <clears throat> and verse 7 and 9 it says this a bit earlier than where we were and there was war in heaven Michael and his angels fought and, and a dragon and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not that is the dragon the devil and his demons neither was their place found anymore in heaven and the great dragon was cast out That old serpent called the devil and Satan who deceived the whole world he was cast out into the earth the Lord Jesus was manifest to destroy the work of the devil doing this and here we find he's shut out he's kicked out of heaven there and then in chapter 20 of revelation and verses 1 and 3 we notice and i saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottle pit, a spit and a great chain in his hand and he laid hold on the old dragon the old the, the dragon the old serpent who was the devil and satan and bound him a thousand years and so he's being silenced for a thousand years at that time when the lord comes in his glory but then he goes out to seduce again. You'd think and there's no way he can repent, but you'd think he'd he'd have a change of mind, been in hell for a thousand years. Still he's got that mindset. And there in verse seven and nine he's let out for a period, and he seduces he goes out and seduces those that have been born in that time to sin and fight. And they surround the city of God, Jerusalem, where the Lord is king. But then he's silenced forever. In verse 10 of 20 of Revelation, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. What First John tells us in verse 5 and 8, The Lord was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Who's going to win? The Lord. Whose side are you on? The Lord's. We've got victory in the Lord Jesus, haven't we? He has gained the victory for us. He's won the victory. It's not our works. But let's follow after him and not cleave to the old corpse, the old man, which is...